Hello and welcome to the NDA podcast. It's always Media Thursday with me, Justin Pierce, the editor, and me, Andy Oakes, the publisher. And as has become tiresomely traditional, I turn to Andy and say, Andy, what's happened this week? Well, many things. I got really drunk last night, but we won't talk about that. That's not appropriate. It's not, the podcast. it wasn't appropriate, but I've if I do have a husky voice today, that's why. That's why, okay. We'll forgive you. I mean, we don't forgive you, but... Okay. Excuse um, you. Interesting facts, interesting facts and figures out from the IB this week, which uh, I quite liked. Uh, so the IB expects that CTV and in-game advertising, the spend is going to double by 2026. Okay. Which seems we... T- well, I mean, people talk about CTV a lot. And it yes, was one of those things that... It was it, we, to start with. It was Paul Gubbins alone, <laughs> yeah, alone voice blazing a trail for CTV. Well, the figures I'll tell you because we did a roundtable yesterday on CTV, which I guess backs up what you're about to say. But what what are the figures? What they're thinking? Um, in game and well to double. So that's okay. from two. <laughs> well, that that's that's the thing. I think it was eight hundred and fourteen thousand eight hundred fourteen million. Uh, so CTV viewing accounts for twenty eight percent of all. Uh, okay. TV viewed by UK adults, which I is that a lot? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Thinking of Netflix and and Disney Plus, but also Disney YouTube Plus. gets counted. Oh, okay, if YouTube gets counted, counted. I mean, also Pluto and all those other ones. So, segue into the roundtable we did yesterday, which was a fantastic event with our partner MIQ. Uh, it was on the back of our change agents campaign, which is interviewing the people at agencies who are helping to bridge the gap between traditional TV and digital TV. And it was kind of fascinating. Everyone around the table, we had a, just this amazing group of people right up coming soon, NDA, look out for it. Uh, it was a real sense of, a crazy sense of optimism that this it was a, this should be a real turning point in terms of measurement, in terms of silos being demolished, in terms of client uptake, in terms of consumer demand. And also, you know, you talked about the, that percentage of people watching CTV as opposed to sort of linear, but then you think of all the channels like the Plutos and you know all these all these CV channels which aren't sort of maybe as well known as obviously Disney and Netflix and, and lots of people around the table were saying I mean one person from MIQ Raj would say he does two decks he does two decks of different sorts of people to explain CTV and a lot of clients. Well, I've heard of Pluto and they don't really want no. to think there is going to be on Pluto yet it's got a huge huge audience so I think that's the interesting thing this year is CTV is coming to its own but it's not it's not just the usual suspects and yes Netflix was a big discussion yes there Netflix bring ads in it's interesting especially as this is launching with ads so you're going to have to opt out rather than opt in as different to Netflix so yeah this year is definitely going to be CTV's year the other thing that was growing hugely was uh, the gaming in gaming in game advertising so a lot of that's been driven, well, almost entirely driven by mobile gaming, okay. which, makes, makes sense. again, it's interesting, isn't it? The other thing, going back to CTV, what was really interesting is the demographics of the people who are watching. So it's by the 18 to 34 uh, age group, they're watching 56% of, of all the CTV viewing. So it's, it's a coming sector, it's a growing sector, it's only going to get bigger, uh, and it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I think maybe a doubling by 2026 might be actually a little mm. under-egging it. It could be more. Yeah, definitely. And in-game advertising is sort of really interesting. Again, something that's been around for, for a long time now. Uh, and it's funny that it's, you know, the IB's 
highlighting it now and it's growing now of course it grew hugely during the pandemic yeah as everything did you know but yeah i wonder why it's being highlighted again now and what's seen so much growth now well again it's 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 a, it's a youth demographic that's maturing that's it's getting more income so it's it's that younger demographic coming through and people wanting to yeah it's more screen time isn't it yeah fascinating this may stuff. be the least coherent i've ever been on this podcast I know. Well, talking of youth demographics, obviously one you're very far from. Yes. So I guess you're even find it even harder to deal with your hangovers today. So apologies to all our listeners for Andy stumbling, but that doesn't matter because today's episode, it's always Media Thursday. Is that the right title. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Is kind of an awards special. Uh, we've just come from the pub, uh, and it is eleven thirty in the morning. But we haven't come from, the, come from the pub for the reason you think. We've come from the pub to. Why did we come to the pub? We came to the pub because that's where it's going to be held. The NDA Heroes. Now, last year, anyone who came will remember that we did it in the glorious surroundings of the Century Club. And it was a nice day and everyone went and sat on the roof, which wasn't what we wanted. <laughs> yeah. So this year, we're hiding people downstairs. Yeah, and we thought a, a sort of well-known media pub is much more us. So it is uh, to be announced soon. But what is the NDA Heroes Awards? I hear all listeners ask, Andy. The NDA Heroes Awards is, we, we like awards. Awards are brilliant. Now, lots of awards reward big companies doing big campaigns. And, you know, some, whisper it quietly, some people produce campaigns just, just to win awards. They do. Um, the ethos of New Digital Age is celebrating the people within the industry. So there are awards reflect that. There are very few categories. We have a category for ad tech. We have a category for Media agencies, we have a category for publishers, and this year we have brands. Within that, there are two categories. There's the hero. Who is the biggest hero in that space? So last year, the ad tech hero was Dom from JC Deco. Who stormed the stage in a fantastic manner, he I remember. He did storm the yeah. stage, yeah. yeah superb. Publishing hero was Mary Keane Dawson, who controversially had left publishing at that stage. <laughs> yeah. But what was in, what's interesting is we have the, the, the second part of the awards is the collaborative champions sort of unsung heroes, people who are doing great work in the background that don't necessarily get pushed by the companies, but everybody knows that there's some brilliant, there's, you're that brilliant person in the company that's that's putting in all the hard work and don't necessarily get all the kudos that some people do. And what was really interesting last year is we got more votes for the collaborative champions than we did for the, you know, what might be seen as the more prestigious. We did, we did it. And, and Dianca from Zalda who swept the board. I she mean, did. Swept the board. You know, she works in the, in, uh, diversity team and HR team, kind of behind the scenes, but not because these sort of areas are so critical now for for any company. And it, it, that's what made last year's awards so heartening. You know, people were being celebrated for doing great stuff, not producing amazing campaigns that you know were on the grace the front page of all the trade mags, but just doing great stuff behind the scenes to make these companies just work better and harder and faster. Yes. Now you can go to go to New Digital Age. Uh, Good luck. Yeah, that's that's us. Um, you can enter now. Entries are open. It's a minuscule ninety nine pounds to enter. So it's no. not one of these seven hundred pounds to 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 enter. It's not a big sit down dinner thing, as we said. It's in a pub. What more awards should be in pubs? Definitely pubs, special awards. And then just so everyone knows what it was. 
online nominations and then we have an amazing judging panel that whittles those nominations down to a shortlist and then that goes to a public vote. And that's what we think sort of the difference of these awards is a public vote. And last year we got an amazing response. So we're following the same same format again this year. Yeah, we are. And we've got that vote that, all that special voting software so we can Do check we? if people are cheating. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves special voting software. So as I say, our judging panel is amazing. Last year it was amazing this year's equally stellar and we're very lucky to have one of our judging panel as today's special guest so Trimita yes do the (laughs) thing I'm trying to create some (laughs) who's at the door there's somebody at the door (laughs) (laughs) it's Deborah hello (laughs) Deborah hi Deborah are the newly crowned is that the right term? I don't know about Crown. CEO of we'll Brand Advance, one of our favourite companies. So do you want to give a quick intro to everyone listening, who exactly you are, your background, and where you come from, that sort of stuff? Sure. Hello. My name's Deborah Badamossi, formerly Deborah Harper. Um, I am the new CEO for EMEA at Brand Advance, um, taking over from Chris just for uh, the EMEA tranche. He's in New York, building the business over there, continuing to be the fabulous founder leader that he is. He is. Um, and yes, yeah, so I have been in the media industry for <clears throat> many a year. Um, most of my time agency side, did a small stint sales side with Microsoft and um, client side with Nokia. So yeah, done the route. And I'm really, really excited about being at Brand Advance. So awesome group com- group of companies and I'm really really proud to be able to kind of lead the way and take us to the next level yeah I mean Brand Advance is one of our favorite companies and done such an amazing job in terms of increasing diversity in media increasing support advertising budget for diverse media and Chris Kennedy is as you say most incredible founder so why did you, why Brand Advance what, what do you see as the huge potential there what's the reason for the leap Oh, my goodness, where do I begin? Um, Well, for me, it's a blend of um, sort of purpose with media uh, excellence, essentially. Obviously, we are more than just a a media team. There's also the creative aspect to it. We look at influencer, content development, film, etc. All focused on um, bringing to light underrepresented audiences um, and giving them the well-deserved voice and attention that they need, particularly when we think about... um, the, the contributions that overall audience those those audiences make to GDP and our and our our communities and our countries at large, so, um, so yeah, that's that's uh, one of the reasons, the main reason why I wanted to be there is because I really want to be a part of that. I want to be able to bring my media experience together with um, kind of creating a change and driving a change in the industry overall. Amazing. So, I must, I, you've just recently, I think, moved into into moved into TV, but sort of TV channels coming on board. Who you're working with, and luckily, you've got a, a pretty august TV background yourself. I think you were originally in what was that show called? I forgot exactly what his name was. Emu's World. Emu's World, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I guess most realists have remember seeing you on Emu's World, but do you want to tell us a bit about, about what, you, what, you, what you did in that show? Yeah, okay. When I was like, oh, eight, 
were between the ages of eight and fourteen, I think. Um, yeah, I was I was on, I was on Emu as well with Rod Hall and Emu and Grot Bags and anyone from that era who now can guess my age. Um, no, I'm breaking up, sorry. And it was it was awesome. It was an awesome time of my life. What can I tell you? you did Singing a, and dancing. A six year stint yeah, on Emu's world. <laughs> I genuinely did. I mean, we are genuinely in the presence of greatness today. Yeah, I mean, call me a child star. You can. Yeah. You are, um, yeah, you are Charles R. <laughs> and you, you didn't feel the urge then to go into uh, more fake bird-based entertainment? <laughs> Such as? Um, I can't think of any more. Was... Oh, the Big Bird on the... Big Bird. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rivals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Was there beef? <laughs> <laughs> there was turkey. Um... That's good. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. To be honest, okay, potted history. I did start off in, in uh, a drama school. Okay. Um, so when I was eight. Which one? Corona Academy, rivals to Sylvia Young. Okay. Sylvia Young would argue that we were no competition. <laughs> but <laughs> regardless. Um, so, yeah, I went to a, a school called Corona Academy. Shout out to Corona Academy crew. Um, and, yeah, it was it was a full-time acting, singing, dancing um, school that specialised in performing arts. Um, and, and yeah, I was in many a thing, including... <laughs> Including Emu's World, which I did for quite some time, and it was it was great. I had a great time. Had a great just as a kid, it was great. I can't yeah, lie, I can we bet, had so much fun. Um, so it was good. When Rod Hull puts down Emu, mm. does he still talk to it? I mean, does it what happens? Does he stay in character? No. <laughs> <laughs> Rod Hull was the sweetest person you really? could ever imagine. Oh, good, so he wasn't one of. He, he was such a nice. He was such a nice person. So nice, and he, yeah, obviously his. He would just rest his arm because his arm was the bed, so he would just rest his arm mostly. As I, that's my memory of him, and he was just always, always so such a lovely, humble, and friendly guy. Just genuine, wonderful person. I can't say more. When we were put, you know, when we put the ideas together for the podcast, I didn't think we'd be talking about Rod Hull and no, it is probably the best story we've ever told. CTV advertising. You know, people want to hear about Rahul Emi, I think. I think they do. Yeah. That'll let's change. Face it, if he was on CTV, you yeah. know, he'd have a massive following. Nice he? segue back yeah. to the industry. Right, Thank you, Deborah. Right. So yes. you're well, there you go. It's our first <laughs> true child TV star on It's Always Media Thursday. More to come because that's going to be important. If you were us. a child TV star, get in touch. We will give you a guest slot. Almost immediately. Please, Almost immediately. <laughs> so let's move on to talk about sort of our. The, the awards why we were here, here this morning so you're judge thank you so much again Thanks and again the, we we think as Andy said we have we've both done personally put on loads of awards over the years and there, there are loads of a million awards in the industry mm-hmm. and awards are a critical part of the industry so I get first of all just get your thoughts on awards generally I mean awards sometimes they're kind of smirk people say there's too many awards or they don't really matter but at the same time they do amazing things people's careers don't they? Um, they yeah they absolutely do i mean i think your point is is what's the reason behind getting an award if you're it's difficult right because everybody wants to have an award-winning campaign um and if you don't think about it if you don't like put that at the forefront of your mind of why i'm going to create this then are you really going to hit the mark also if you do make it the, the key thing are you going to hit the mark, right? So <clears throat> ultimately make good work and then hopefully it will be awarded. I think that's 
that's the bottom line but don't be afraid of awards and I think they are great because they give credibility to the teams who work incredibly hard to come up with ideas to sell them into clients working with those clients who also work incredibly hard to get those things signed off to bring them to life it's a it's a long process it's a long journey and I think the award just gives recognition to the work and effort that's gone into it um and of course you know, great work comes from great teams and those teams can then go on to do great work with other people. So it is, um, yeah, it's a quid pro quo type situation. I mean, you've obviously you know, been in probably so many awards over the years at agencies. Do you, do you think now, are there too many awards? Obviously, the sort of flashy ones like Cannes are so important, but there are a lot of awards. But do you think there are too many? Personally, I think you sort of can't have enough because it's so important. But what, what do you think? Are we getting toward overload at the moment? Um, I don't know because I think in, it depends on what you're awarding and who you're awarding, right? Because some people have become unsung heroes for such a long time. They never actually get featured in an award, even though they probably well and truly deserve it. So to create an award that somebody can apply for and be considered for that wasn't there before is actually going to give a lot more opportunity to people who were just their voices were never heard or their stories were never told so i think it is a good thing to have um awards not just for awards sake but to really highlight the the champion work that's happening in the background that people are just not aware of that's a really interesting point and so, so it's just a reminder of something that happened last year that i think is really important that we need to shout out this time is that because of the nature of the nda here is you can nominate yourself mm-hmm. or you can be nominated what we found last year was that men nominated themselves. <laughs> women didn't nominate themselves. Good point. And mm-hmm. we, th- I mean, this this became a real issue because we suddenly look. I mean, we've got like all male shortlists in this one, mm-hmm. and it it really highlighted an issue that we we did talk about at the awards. Yeah, and it's something we really want to highlight this year is that we need we want women to nominate women, well, men to nominate women. We want women to nominate themselves. Don't be afraid to put yourself forward. And I think it, it was a it was real, it wasn't a low light, but it, it, it just highlighted an issue last year, didn't it? It really did. And it highlights this, I mean, it's an issue across the board and it's something we try really hard at NDA to, to fight against and it goes back to, I think it was last year, not around the same time as that issue of the awards. <clears throat> you know, I looked at all the opinion pieces that I was sent for a publication on New Digital Age and 80% were byline to men. 80%. And I knew that the people sending these in, the PRs, the marketing people, totally believed and supported and worked hard to deliver diversity and knew its importance across the board. Yet still, this happens. And I will, I will say this, and I'll say it once time again, that in two separate occasions, I said, I went back and said, I'm really sorry, we've reached our uh, quotient of men, so we have to reject this opinion piece. And came back, oh, in that case, we can have it byline to the woman who wrote it. Or the other ones. On that yeah. case, we went byline to the women who did research. So it's it's problems endemic. <laughs> it's endemic, and you know we all try best to fight against it. But as you say, Andy, it's, it's so important for these well, awards. Well, I mean, Deborah. Yes. I think one of the first time I met Deborah was when we. Oh, so my microphone is all over the it's place. Swinging all over the place. I know. It's just I'm going to have to follow it around. There we go. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Don't know. We I've broken this the... podcast video podcast. No, yeah, we, we never should. Well, no, because then we would have seen the. I mean. Charlie Crow last week trying to sit on your lap, which no one needed to see. Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't people want to not see no, Charlie Crow no, sit on my lap? No. That's a lovely picture. Last year, last year we did we launched Digital Women, where Deborah was actually one of the panelists when we uh, launched it in Cannes with our yep. friends from Reddit, and that was sort of a reaction, wasn't it? We thought we need to give more 
airtime, if you like, mm. to women and in that space. So digital women, thank you for being at the right in at the start of that. And thank that, you for inviting me again to that. Yeah, I mean, that has gone through the roof. So we've got our digital women lunch in... 8th of March. 8th of March, International Women's Day. Mm, which is fantastic. We've got amazing speakers. It's a totally solid event. But yeah, it's it's such an important thing for the whole industry that we, at NDA we try and do our best to, to do our part. So, Deborah, let's talk a bit more about kind of, um, I guess, people. The whole, as you said, it's recognising people behind the scenes often so important with mm. awards. And that's the whole point of the NDA Heroes. It's, it's focused just on people. It's not focused on the financial health of the company's entering or, you know, how mostly creative a campaign was. It's just about the people doing it, doing the work, doing the great stuff. So do you think, I mean, you're involved in many different things across the industry. How, how well is the industry doing at the moment at, at sort of supporting and celebrating people across the board be that, be that the different areas of diversity be that different levels of seniority or just generally you know what i think there's definitely been a step change um in the last couple of years we all know why um so from that point of view it's it's definitely picking up there's still loads to go you just mentioned it you know obviously with with if you see an award and I think it's a mindset as well that a man's more likely to um, put themselves forward versus a woman or probably even a person of colour because you're expecting that well actually you think it's meant to be nominated or you might think I've not done something that's worthy enough or you know what I did isn't that special but actually when you really break it down and get under the skin of it it's actually really really special and really important but you're doing it as an everyday function of your life and you're probably not thinking that it's that important um i digress because actually the industry still does have a long way to go in order to recognize unsung heroes we had a um a bit of a, a thing recently um with you know there's some some awards that were at least top 10 the top 10 in the industry and um there was no representation from there were no black representation on that list Mm, Um, and it was called out Brandon Vance called it out and said listen we've got an unforgotten list of people who are doing an amazing amount of work um, who need to also be celebrated and so we created our own list of people in the industry um, from black Asian Muslim communities who are all doing fantastic things inside um, the industry that no one is talking about so I think um, there's still a long way to go, but it's because it's, you know, it's a, I don't know how, 200-year-old um, industry that has been rooted in what it's been rooted in, which is the way it's been led. And, and how will we, you know, you can't change that overnight. It takes time. It takes tenacity. It takes, you know, lots of um, not just allies, but sponsors. I always feel like allyship is the passive version of sponsorship. Uh, okay, that's interesting. <clears throat> what do you like to mean by that? Well, I think it's really easy to be an ally. Yeah, I support you. I think you're doing a great job. Amazing. <laughs> um, don't worry, I got your back. Um, sorry, that's the patron. I'm not to patronise anyone as <laughs> an ally. Um, however, sponsorship is where you kind of go... I'm going to help you make a change. I'm going to open that door. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to give you the money that you need, the funds that you need to get things going. That's sponsorship. Allyship can is tends to be a little bit more passive, in my opinion, whereas sponsorship is the verb, if you like. Yeah, totally get that. I think that's that's really... Yeah, I'm, just, I'm having a bit of an epiphany thinking about that. I mean, it's not just... <laughs> oh, no, and the microphone is going again. So it's It's being active rather than passive not just putting a sticking something on twitter and saying hey 
Yeah, exactly. It's actually it's, doing something. It's not the black square on Twitter. It's actually the the panels, the podcasts. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like putting those people in the places they wouldn't normally get to be because they wouldn't normally get the opportunity because that slot would be taken by someone else. Are you saying the black square on Twitter did not solve all problems overnight? I'll plead the fifth on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think, like you say, I remember in Cannes last year, being on, being on the tease yachts, actually, and Chris, Chris was there, Chris Cannon, the founder, you know, with um, a large group of black people that he brought across to Cannes, mm-hmm. which, is, which was an amazing thing to happen, you know, and that it was unusual. Why should it be unusual? So all these little things, time by time, actions can make these things not be unusual anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this year, you know, Black at Cannes um, was a, has been going on for a little while then it's really taken up momentum um this year i'm part of a a group that talks about black at can um which is um basically looking at it from all different angles it's not just can itself but also what are we doing in south africa what are we doing in the us what are we doing in the uk to to drive representation can is where it all culminates and goes last year there were about 350 black people at can which was about 100 percent improvement on previous years um and this year we're like no where we want to quadruple that number and have you know a far greater representation there because actually the industry is rich with with talent from all sorts of places so why aren't we visible at the biggest industry event globally that's i think uh lisa goodchild who's also mm-hmm. done some amazing work in that space and Definitely. she's uh, trying to get the industry to sponsor bringing people from uh, different backgrounds that wouldn't normally be at can and get them along to what is obviously you know the biggest industry event and again all these initiatives need uh need lots more respect they need lots more uh recognition and we, we you know we should talk about them more as well yeah without doubt that at least good chance another amazing person there industry yes and and i don't know if it's what the etiquette is but about talking about another podcast because I know there's a meme about podcasters talking about other podcasts. Is there? Oh, yeah. It's there. Yeah. there. I've seen it. Yeah, but uh, Lynn, Lester, talk about other Lynn Lester does a great podcast, uh, yeah, Working sure does. Class to World Class. And her, yeah, Lisa Goodchild was the last guest on that. So go and find that and listen to it once you've listened to this one. It is a great Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, it's a good past podcast, but she doesn't have anyone who is on Emu's World. On, so. I mean, let's face it, somebody at the door. <laughs> well, that's a lovely segue into our most popular strand on this show, which is theme tune insert here, What's on the Desk? So we turn to our special guest and ask them to have a look around the desk, which is covered with graffiti and daubling, daublings? Daublings Daubings and daublings. And images and pictures and mottos, bon mots, sayings of the many distinguished guests that sat in the studio. None more distinguished than today's emu land star. Is it called emu land? Emu's world. Emu's world. I mean, Deborah so. literally said it. So, Deborah, what's on the desk? <laughs> to be honest, my eyesight's not that great. <laughs> right. Um, I am seeing, uh, uh, I think that says monks. So much fun. So much fun. Great. So, Deborah, I'm turning to Andy now. He's going to talk to you a bit about what that means to you. (laughs) Deborah's looking at me in a slightly panicked look (laughs) on her face. (laughs) Have you had fun today? Oh, God, yes, absolutely. I mean, none of us are Rod Hull. Justin, you have a Rod Hull air to you sometimes. To be fair, yes. I I definitely get that. Is that good? It is good because you you like Rod Hull. Yeah, he's lovely. Yes. 
I feel a bit rollish today. Well, but he had to hold up a whole bird. You admitted before the podcast, <laughs> headphones are too heavy for They were you. really heavy. <laughs> They're really heavy headphones. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do well. Yeah, you'd be hopeless with, with a bird on your arm. No. Yeah, no. I'm not a bird person. Well, there you go. That was an, ama- <laughs> that was an amazing episode of What's on the Desk. Insert theme tune here. Deborah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So this, I think, might bring us shuddering towards the end of this week's podcast. Annie, what do you think? I think it's a good place to end it. I think what we realised last week was it rambled to an end. And it always rambles somewhere. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of rambling last yeah. week, but it, it didn't have the sharp, clean ending that I wanted this week. We don't really specialise in sharp, clean endings. It's more gentle dissolution. <laughs> Anyway, let's <laughs> take this podcast. Let's say, Deborah, thank you so much for joining us. Honestly, one of our industry's best. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And congrats on the amazing new role. Thank you. I see our, our CEO of Brand Advance. So thank you for joining us. Uh, it's going to be goodbye now. Yes. Oh, do want you to do a last vote for the end of the year. Here is always plug. Yes. So go to newdigitalage.co. Go to the awards bit. Enter there. It's only £99. It's the sort of money that you tip a wine waiter. And, and he'll lend you £99. If you know <laughs> I, I will, of course, lend you £99 if I didn't spend it all last <laughs> in the pub drinking wine. Yes. That's so go, yeah, go and enter it. Uh, nominate your friends. Nominate the people you think in your company deserve it. Uh, and nominate, the, nominate the people that don't get all the attention. Nominate the people that aren't sort of across the pages of NDA and campaign the drum every week. Nominate people that don't get recognised and celebrated for what, their amazing work. But obviously good people. Don't nominate bad people. Not bad people. No. no. The NDA Harris has a very strict anti-bad people policy. Do we? Yeah. You know that sharp, clean ending we were aiming for? <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Well, let's finish. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a New Digital Age production. New Digital Age is part of the Blue Strike Group, the communications group for the digital industry. Please go to www.bluestripegroup.co.uk for more information.